Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I think I'm going to have to hold this up my mouth because otherwise it's not very loud. And I'm sorry to interrupt the conversation. However, I think this is important enough. So forgive me for stealing from your uh, time of fellowship. If you just want to bring it over here. So once, a, once again, good morning. Yeah, that's perfect. So, and, and feel free to take a seat if you guys want to. So I wanted to talk today because uh, goal two of the strategic plan has a new step going on. And I wanted to tell you about that because it directly affects all of you and is something that all of you can be involved in. So this next step has two, two aims. One of them is to get a better idea of our vision for the future of the parish. The other is finding consensus within that vision that unites the parish and heals some of the divisions that have existed. Now, to be clear, when I say the vision of the future of the parish, I'm referring specifically to facilities. What kind of facilities we are striving toward as we become a fully established parish, as we become a parish that can be consecrated, that the next two and three and four generations of our parish community can worship at, can have fellowship at, can be spiritually formed at. Now, when I say facilities, that might seem very narrow. We're thinking, okay, that's just the buildings and the land. But in fact, it reflects many other aspects of our parish life. For instance, when our fellowship hall is loud and crowded, how does that affect cohesion and community building? How welcoming are we to visitors if our parking lot is full? What experience do our children have if they have no safe outdoor space to play or Sunday school classrooms that are too small. So there are many aspects of our parish life that are affected simply by the facilities. But first I'll give a little bit of a background. The strategic planning process started a few years before I arrived. Uh, it came out of the realization that the parish was not united in its vision for the future. A few months before Father Theodore announced his departure, Bill Marianas was asked to lead the strategic planning process. However, it was put on hold until I arrived. Within weeks after my arrival, the strategic planning process was initiated with Bill Marianas and the existing strategic plan team. Over the summer, this is in 2017, we did the SWOT analysis, and the weaknesses from that were the foundation of the entire strategic plan. The most frequently cited weakness in our parish after concerns about stewardship had to do with our facilities with them being specifically too small in parking, in bathrooms, in Sunday school rooms, in worship space, etc. Thus, goal two was created, which is the goal of parish facilities and growth plan. That goal, just I'll read it briefly, is within two years we'll develop and submit for necessary approvals a consensus-based comprehensive written plan for our parish facilities and the growth of orthodoxy in the area through a process that builds parish-wide trust and cohesion. So this is what goal two has done so far. 
First, they reviewed the history of St. John's growth and its vision for the future. They interviewed key people who have been involved in the process over the years. Father Theodore, Father Timothy, John Davis, John Poulos, Ronnie, uh, Wade, Wade, there we go. Uh, Phil Hubanish, George Rigoris, a number of other people who are involved in the site committee and in a lot of the vision of the parish. Then the, the, uh, the goal team interviewed parishes across the country in different jurisdictions about processes that they went through for new facilities or growth. Parishes in the Chicago area, in Austin, Texas, uh, I can't remember them all, but it was about half a dozen different parishes where people from our team called up someone from the parish and talked about how did you do this, where you ended up at your permanent home. And then the third thing was that we've consulted with a mediation and conflict resolution expert and recruited her to help us through this process. So the next step is what we're calling fireside meetings. Fireside meetings. And these will be eight meetings in seven neighborhoods. There will be one extra meeting for those who missed the other meetings. But um, they're posted on the strategic plan uh, board and... Yeah, right behind me as well. And they're, they're, they'll be around. And so again, this is over the next three months, we'll have these small group meetings, these fireside meetings. And uh, we've purposely picked houses that are uh, in different regions of our parish community. So there will be a house that's close to your home that you can go to. And I'll talk more about those in a moment. So after we have these fireside meetings over the next three months, then we'll have a parish-wide town hall meeting at which we'll present the reoccurring themes from the fireside meetings. And if consensus is reached, then we can move forward from that step. If we come to the town hall meeting and, and we realize that consensus is still not reached, then we'll do this process again until we can hone and refine what it is that all of you think our parish should be doing going forward. So now I'd like to proverbially speaking rip off the band-aid to talk about something that I hesitate to bring up, and that's the conflict. So St. John is a wonderful and vibrant community. However, during the time of the site committee, when the parish looked concertedly at a number of different sites around the area, and also at the redevelopment of the current site, a number of polarizing issues came up. And I'll just list some of these. Now, this is all sort of forensic for me because I wasn't there when it happened. But um, I, I have been here long enough to see what some of these things are. So one of them is ASA. Does the church move with ASA? Does it part ways? How is ASA factoring into all of this? The next is parish size. Are we the right size? Are we too big? Are we too small? What is the right parish size? The next is the issue of a mission parish. Do we start a mission parish? Well, the question really is when. We all agree that a mission parish needs to be started. But are we in a position right now to do that? Or not? Uh, the next issue is location. Do we go in, outside the urban growth boundary? Do we stay roughly where we are? Do we move out further west or south? 
Uh, the next after that is our current property. What do we do? Is our current property property sufficient for our needs? Is it not? Can it be redeveloped to what we want? Or do we just need to leave? And then the last, I'll just call it the look. Okay? What does our church look like? Is it some a big, glorious, huge church? Is it a humble, pious church? Lots of different visions for that. So I'm mentioning all these because... I I think that this summarizes a lot of the disparate views within our parish. And I just want to be clear about that. Now I could pick any one of these hot button issues and I could open the floor to discussion and quickly we would have a heated debate and people in their polarized positions. Yes, no, this, that, or the other thing. So I don't want to do that. Um, So how do we overcome these issues? Well, there are two ways. The one is to have small group discussions where we can be safe and be heard. Because it's clear that the town hall meetings of the past, some people have felt like they couldn't speak. And so that's why we're having these small groups. We hope to have about 10 to 15 people at each of these. So it's intimate, you know, the people should know each other, they get to know each other at the evening, and then they can speak freely and openly about what they see as the vision of the parish. The second is I would like to start we need to start seeing how these issues don't actually polarize. So the first one we'll address with the fireside meetings. The second one I'm going to address right here and right now. So first, ASA. I venture to say that this is putting the cart before the horse. We don't need to talk about ASA. What ASA does, whether they're with us, whether they're not, that's something that will be decided further down the road. We need to know what our parish wants to do. And what our parish wants to do may include ASA, may not. But we don't know that right now. And so to start arguing about how this gets factored in right now is premature. So I would appreciate if we just set it aside for now. Because there will be a time, as the parish has an idea of what the vision for the future is, then that can be discussed in greater detail. But right now, what I will say is we have serious concerns about space for our children. The Sunday school rooms are not big enough. We have no outdoor space for them to go to. So there are things that we as a parish will be addressing that may or may not also address things with ASA. The second is this big question of parish size. What is the perfect parish size? So let me ask a different question. What is a good size for a health club? 500 members, 2,000 members, what's a good size for a health club? Whatever it may be, it's for the health club to decide and for the members to decide. We are not a health club. We don't turn people away at the door. As long as they're coming in, we welcome them. We all know this, right? So when we get too big is when people will eventually want to have a smaller church experience. That's what too big is. So if we already have people in this room that feel like this church is too big, then a new church can be started by those very people. You see? There's nothing to do with parasites because parasites, if we put a number on that, what does that say? What if that number is 100 families? Sorry, i got to go through and pick some of you that I need to kick you out. What if it's 200 families 
And what if we have people that keep walking in our door, wanting to be a part of our community? What are we going to do? Of course we're not going to turn them away. Of course we're not going to kick them out. So this whole question of parish size really is a question for a health club. It's not a question for a church. If we're going to ask instead, when are we big enough that we will be the planter of mission parishes, that's a different question. That's a financial question. That's something to do with having a second priest, having the financial means to financially support. But that's a separate question, and we can talk about that. So that kind of gets us into that next question, which is the mission church. And I'll say very clearly... If parishioners want to start a mission church, I say may it be blessed. May it be blessed. I'm not opposed to people who want to start a mission church. I am opposed to people who want someone else to start a mission church. You see the difference? Mission churches are not solutions to crowding. People will attend church wherever they want. We can't say, sorry, we're too crowded. Go over there instead. Go start a mission church. So if people in our parish want to start a mission, may it be blessed. May it be blessed. However, if their desire is to have St. John be the mother church of that mission parish, I would say we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Financially, we can't be giving money as we should to a mission parish. I don't have any time to give. Forgive me, I'm not being spiteful, but I don't have any time to do services anywhere. So our parish is not in a position to be the mother church of a mission parish. That doesn't mean a mission parish can't be started. It just simply means we're not at that point. And by God's grace, we will be at that point someday. Someday we'll be planting missions all over the place. And all of you, out of the generosity of your heart, will be giving generously towards this cause. But we're not there yet. We don't even own our own property. So how can we do that? So let's... forgotten. I should be checking these off. There we go. Okay. So again, to be clear, if people in our parish want to start a mission parish, may it be blessed. This may be a departure from the way things were before, but I'm open to that. If people feel like this parish isn't exactly what they want, they want to try something new, may it be blessed. Okay. The next is location, and this one again is a cart before the horse. Because we need to determine what we're looking for before we determine where we're looking for it. So we need to figure out what we as a parish want. For these last two, the current property and the look of the parish, these are ones that we will begin to start addressing. And location as well. All of these will begin to start addressing in their due time. So those are the big conflicts, and hopefully we've disarmed them a little bit as we go into these fireside meetings, because we have to disarm them. We can't keep beating our drums about the same things. Okay? We need to look at what is best for the whole parish. So please join me as I put on some new lenses. Uh, for those of you who have glasses, you might appreciate this more when you realize your prescription was far more needed in updating than, than you thought. You put on those new glasses, you're like, wow, that's how bad it's been. Uh, or the first time I, I wore glasses, I said, wow, I should have gotten these a long time ago. <laughs> so the new lens is this simple question, and this will be the central question for us. What would be sufficient right now? 
truly sufficient, truly content, truly comfortable. And again, this is all in the context of facilities. We've discussed the weaknesses of our parish ad infinitum. We've talked about what is insufficient. So we need to change the discussion now. What would sufficient look like? What would that look like? We know intuitively what's lacking in our parishes, but we need to now go from that to talk about what would no longer be lacking. Take, for example, parking. We don't need to discuss some big, glorious church or some ideal parish size. Simply, right now, today, what would ample parking look like? Whatever that number is, it would be sufficient. Our parish today and in the near future would be content with it. So what would be sufficient? What would be sufficient in terms of our fellowship hall? What would be sufficient in terms of our Sunday school classrooms? What would be sufficient in terms of outdoor space? In all aspects of our parish, what would be sufficient? So we're not talking about a vision of what big, a big parish could be. We're simply talking about the people right here and now. What do we need? What do we need? Because there are things that are lacking. We can all have consensus on that. Then we can choose to make a vision off of those things that we say this is what sufficient would look like. And then, of course, we say, well, maybe we'll add a percentage to that for some sort of growth. And we can debate about what that percentage is, but it's, it's a portion of what the overall vision is. The vision is what do we need right now for the people under this roof? Lastly, I will say that sufficient may fit within our current property. Or it may mean that we have to look elsewhere. But we won't know until we know what sufficient looks like. So that is the central goal of the fireside meetings, of the town halls afterwards, is what is sufficient for our parish. And then once we get that vision, very concretely, square footage, whatever it may be, these types of facilities, then we say, okay, well, let's add 10%, let's add 20%, 30%, whatever it is, to say, okay, we don't want to immediately be comfortable, and then as soon as we grow, we're crowded again, right? So for the fires, any questions about any of that so far? Is that, uh, well, actually, I'll just wait till the end, because I'm almost done. You've been patient. So the fireside meetings will take place over the next three months. And the goals of the fireside meetings is twofold. One is to have a small, comfortable forum where everyone can feel free to speak openly. And the second is that we will have these in close proximity to our neighborhoods and regions so that they're convenient to people. So we, we planned it out so that it will be convenient to people as far as location, and we're also now working to make it a comfortable forum. They will be hosted by families in our parish. Uh, we're aiming for around 10 to 15 people at a fireside meeting. There may be more, and that's okay, but that's sort of the size that feels like it's comfortable, everyone can speak freely. They'll be two hours long from 7 to 9 p.m., about half hour of just social time and then an hour and a half of actual substantive meeting. The dates, I'll just read them off briefly because they're posted around. Sunday, March 17, Thursday, March 21, Saturday, March 30, uh, Thursday, April 4, Saturday, April 13, Tuesday, May 5, Tuesday, Saturday, May 18, and Thursday, May 30th. You can only attend one. So pick it. You can only attend one. 
However, your spouse can attend another one. So if you have children at home, you can go to one, and then your spouse can go to another one. So, but just attend one meeting so that everyone gets one voice one time at that meeting. You can t attend any of the meetings, though we've tried to make them geographically convenient. So you can pick whichever one you want to go to, but we do have them close to your home, wherever that is. Uh, the key thing is that these will be led by facilitators, and the facilitators will be trained by this conflict resolution and mediations expert. So just a word about her. Her name is uh, Amanda Feller, and she is a professor in communications at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington, an expert in conflict mediations. She also happens to be a high school friend of, Phil, of Jill Hudanish, so that's the connection. Um, but she does this all over the place. She's done this in North Ireland. She's done it all around Washington and other places in Portland. So she's an expert in this. So she'll be meeting with our facilitators and training them how to lead a meeting in a way that is conducive to everyone's voice being heard. And then we may also uh, conscript her to help us with the town hall meetings at a later date. We'll see about that as well. So all of the facilitators will be trained uh, by her. Now the fireside meeting will have a discussion around a small list of questions. That central question will be what is sufficient. But we'll have some other questions that sort of help um, draw out answers from people. We want to focus what, on what is what St. John needs, not what is a problem for St. John. So again, we don't say we need to have more parking spaces so much as we say we need to have more parking spaces, not we don't have enough parking. Because then we can say, okay, we need more parking. What is that? What does that look like? What would be enough spaces? So we'll be focusing on issues related to goal two only, not any other strategic plan, goal, or other issue. So if there's anything that is sort of tangential about, like, you know, I feel like our community is cliquish or whatever, those kind of things, we'll just sort of set those aside. And those can be brought to the other goals, but that's not the purpose of this goal. We'll address that in some way because we'll have a facility that's more conducive to community, but it needs to be directly related to that. Um, these will be brainstorming, uh, data gathering forums. There will be no decision making at these meetings. So don't worry that some decision is going to be made somewhere. It's just collecting data from the entire parish community. And uh, there will be a note taker present uh, who will take notes and read them back to the group at the end of the meeting so that that meeting can be accurately represented. I, we are taking volunteers for the note taker role. So um, if you feel like you would be able to do that in a competent way, we would greatly appreciate your services. Um, the last thing is that um, there are some ground rules for the meetings. There they are. So these ground rules are, um, they'll be printed out. There's a, a stack here. You can look at them. And also at the meetings, they'll be there. I'll just read through some of them briefly to give you an idea of what the ground rules for the meetings are. Number one, everyone is equal. Titles, positions, occupations, and roles of participants are left outside. Number two, all opinions are welcome. Number three, no decisions will be made. Number four, everyone must participate. And number five, of course, we need to say this, no texting, emailing, Facebooking, tweeting, private phone conversations during the meetings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unless there's a family emergency. Uh, 
I'll just read through the rest of these quickly. Be honest, no spin, no defensiveness, absolutely no discussion killers, things like, we tried that once, or that didn't work, or you don't know what you're talking about. We need to think strategically, creatively, outside the box. We need to speak precisely and make our points succinctly. We don't need to give long personal stories, but just simply get to the point. Um, there will be no ten- tangential and side issues will be set aside during that meeting. And uh, to remember that we are all members of the body of Christ and we all have the image and likeness of God in us. So these are the ground rules for the fireside meetings. They should be the ground rules for every meeting. Um, but it's worthwhile to have them actually printed out so everyone can feel that they are a part of this. So again, we will have a town hall meeting sometime probably over the summer once all of this gets compiled at which we will start to talk about a more concrete vision for what would be sufficient for our parish. I've done enough talking. So I will now take any questions that you have about anything related to this. Yeah. Comment. Oh yeah, so you can sign up today. You don't have to commit, but if you want to, yeah. Yeah, and the posters, um, some posters are listed by date, some posters are listed by region. So it depends on whether you're more concerned about being close or that you need to sp- uh, pick a specific date. Question, Ted. <laughs> a copy of my notes for today. Hmm. I guess. I guess. I might have to excise some things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it, I'm sorry, this is still recorded. So this will be with the other Theology 101s. On your weekly email, there will be a link, as always, where you can go and listen to this recording again. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you, John. Any questions about it? I gave enough things to think about. So, um, all of the things that I discussed, they're all things that can be discussed further at the fireside meetings. Our goal is what is sufficient? What does our parish look like when we're happy and not crowded? So, yes, Eli. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. That's a different Yeah. Yeah. So, so what Eli is talking about is he asked about whether we consider ourselves a mission. At first, I was thinking in terms of the technical, what is the size of a mission? But you're talking about orientation. And in fact, every parish is a mission. Every parish should be actively pursuing more congregants, bringing people to the body of Christ. Um, so that's something that we should always be actively pursuing. And right here is the best place. Right here. Okay. I don't think there's anyone in this room that knows the name of everyone in this room, except maybe me. So, <laughs> so uh, you have your work right here in this room. Because even those who are walking in our doors, there's still more that we can do to bring them closer. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. So, oh yeah. So that's a good question about comparing things. I was just looking around. I see, uh, I'll, I'll ask John Poulos over there, or Patricia Poulos. Do you have any idea how many families were with the parish when we moved into this building, approximately? When we first moved here? Anyone? Go around the room. Agape, Barry, anyone? What? 75, 85? Okay. So we've gone up to 120 families in the last, is it 8 years or so? 12 years. Wow, there we go. So that gives a little bit of an idea. But it's possible that the growth has been curtailed by our bursting at the seams. So, um, so yeah, we could, I'm sure someone could get some of those. And also, if you're wanting to get more involved in this, please join Goal 2, join the team. It's never too late. We're still going to have meetings. The fireside meetings will be the main thing for now, but then we'll continue forward. We have all this research from other parishes that we're not going to publish out to a whole parish because it's just too much information. But anyone who wants to be involved, come and join the team, and you can find out about what other parishes did in their, when they were facing these same issues. Eric Clary just got married at a church that went through this same process within the last 10 years or so in uh, Austin, Texas. So, yeah. Any other questions? Anything else? Okay. Forgive me, we didn't begin with prayer, so let's end with prayer. Hmm? Yeah. Christ, our God, the wisdom, the light, the joy of the world, we ask that you grant us your wisdom as we enter into this, this time of introspection, of looking at where our parish can be in the future. We pray that you give us your wisdom, especially that you give us your peace, so that we may, as one body united in Christ, see what that vision is. For you are holy always, now and ever, and to ages of ages. Amen. Thank you, everyone.